guys, what's going on? Steve Araujo here with The Bass Hang, and this is The Bass Hang's first podcast. So, episode one. And I'm not really sure <laughs> what I'm doing here, but I just kind of had the idea to do a podcast and actually um, get some content that people could download and listen to on their way to work or, you know, in between gigs. So my idea is to have different guests, different people from the industry, musicians that are, you know, working musicians that are playing, um, basically just kind of talk, just geek out, basically talk gear, talk bass gear, talk anything from recording equipment to DIs to new basses to strings. So um, I think it'll be pretty fun. So um, I think in this episode, I'll have about two or three people that I'll be talking to. And uh, <clears throat> we'll just kind of casually talk about things and gear. And that's what I want to do. And that's kind of the idea that I've had for the bass hang since it started. Um, always to be very casual. And, um, you know, I'm not into total... <laughs> I probably should, but I'm not completely into total slick production. Uh, I'd rather have it organic and kind of grassroots. So... Um, you know, there's going to be pops and buzzes and clicks here and there, but, uh, you know, it's to be expected. So let me give you a little brief history of how the bass hang came to be. Uh, a while ago, some friends of mine and I used to get together <clears throat> and we would get our gear together, new basses, new amps, anything, pedals, and we would hang. We would just go and get together in, say, a friend's garage or a friend's house, and we would just play gear, play each other's gear. Like uh, We'd also go, oh, we'd go over to Jörg Schroeder's house <laughs> uh, when he lived out here in Hacienda Heights, and we'd go to his place and play his new cabinets, and he would have a bunch of basses, and it was Howard Olyate, uh Johan Covarrubias, Miko Espanol, uh, myself, and I know there were maybe a couple of people, I'm forgetting, which I apologize, but we would just get together and geek out on bases and new gear. And uh, I think the first one, the first event that was planned was called the SoCal Bass Get Together. That's what it was called. And it was held at Bomb Shelter. And, you know, a few people came out. I, I actually believe Kerry Nordstrand was there with some bases. I think Jimmy Coppola was there. Uh, and a lot of people came out. So basically, it was started as a social gathering. Well, then I went to a, um, I used to play bass at Saddleback Church quite a bit, and they had a worship conference, and they actually had uh, this guy, Phil Cook, putting on a, uh, a little seminar at this conference, and I ended up going uh, because the title of his seminar intrigued me, and it was called Building a Personal Brand, uh, and that completely changed my life. And I have all the notes on thebasshang.com. I believe it's under the menu blog. And it's named Building a Personal Brand. And I credit Phil Cook. And I took a bunch of notes. And he just had, he had such an impact on me. And, you know, the main thing that I got out of it is that, you know, it, this whole social media and, you know, uh, advertising yourself and hyping yourself, no one's going to do it except you. So... Um, you know, I, I just kind of got, uh, I, I was very inspired. So I think within about a week of going to that, that conference and that seminar and seeing Phil Cook talk, I actually had, I went to godaddy.com and I saved, you know, I, I bought the name, um, I bought the, the domain and I built the website using just WordPress and myself and uh, another friend of mine, uh, Julian Fornis. He helped me out quite a bit also with the really deep, deep technical stuff. and But I basically put it all together and I had no idea what it would become. I still don't know exactly what it's going to become. I'm just kind of going with it and going with my gut. And basically, I'm really, really enjoying being a resource for different players and, and people, you know, musicians. So... I mean, I've been around for a while, I've been playing for a long time, and I've probably played <laughs> just about almost every bass, but yeah, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm exaggerating, but um, anyways, back to the, the Phil Cook story, I, I put everything together, 
put the website up and I thought, you know, I was, I thought the bass hang was just a perfect name. And I think by that time we had started calling these get togethers bass hangs. So I just figured, why not the bass hang? It sounded great. Sounded good to me. So that was the brand that I wanted to start. And to tell you the truth at the beginning, if you look at some of the very old, old or first videos, it was shot with just a really crappy Nikon point and shoot, probably a five megapixel camera. The audio is horrible, but I just started doing these little videos and I enjoyed it and I kind of had a knack for it. And I guess I kind of had a, I, I just felt comfortable in front and just talking because I, you know, nothing gets me more hyped than actually talking about stuff I like to talk about. And that is base gear and base equipment. And especially, you know, going through gear that I, I, I really believe will be a beneficial thing <laughs> to musicians and the working musician, because that's basically how I started was a working musician. And that's what I did forever for a super long time and still do. So, uh, you know, got my YouTube channel going and I actually uh, started it in 2010, I think later in the year, I don't know, maybe it was summertime, 2010. And I honestly really didn't post a lot in the beginning. And I would put up videos every once in a while, or I'd go through a course where I'd put, you know, maybe four or five videos up and I literally wouldn't check it for months. And it just kept growing and growing. And now it's, you know, it's really grown and I, um, um, you know, I'm pretty happy with it. And like I said, I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but um, <laughs> it will be whatever it will be. And uh, I always want it to be accessible. I want to be accessible to people that have any questions about gear, you know, younger players, um, you know, that want to try gear out if I have it, I, you know, I, I, I like that. I like, like I said, I like being a resource and I think it's fun. And I also have some great companies that have been behind the base hang and have really helped out. And I'm amazed. I really, really am amazed and am ever so thankful um, to those people that have helped me. And, and like I said, and there's a core group that, you know, have been very supportive and have, and are always supportive, which I can't be, you know, I can't thank them enough. So um, on another note, I'm actually a lot of the time away from the base hang at that beginning. I'm actually a veterinary technician also. So I kind of juggle a couple of careers. Um, the veterinary technician world keeps me really busy. I work at a clinic and I also recently started working with a surgeon, board certified surgeon that does surgeries that let's say a normal practicing vet won't do or can't do anything from orthopedic surgery to removing tumors that are in really scary places to um uh you know removing a kidney <laughs> so i'm working with him too so I, again sometimes i don't have as much time to dedicate to the base hang as i would like but i i'm very passionate about working with animals and caring for animals and learning you know, always learning. I think that that's my, <laughs> I think that that's my goal in life is to always keep evolving and always keep learning. And the main thing is not being afraid to fail because that I, I I'm not afraid to fail and I failed many times and, you know, it just basically just, I just pick myself up and dust myself off and move on. And then the next one is better. So, uh, you know, that's just, that's the way I roll. Um, my mantra is definitely ready, shoot, and then aim because I usually jump first and I have to figure everything out later. So same with the vet field. I really want to push myself in that and I'm not sure exactly what, where I'm going to go with that, but that is one of the, that's one thing that keeps me very, very busy and away from the base hang, which I, um, you know, I, I guess if I was a millionaire, I could dedicate all the time to the base hang. But um, again, you know, I, I love the veterinary field. It, it's a it's a great job, and I'm fortunate to be able to make you know a steady living at that. And at the same time, I'm still a, a working musician, and I'm playing a lot. And I this year, I really really want to start practicing more, getting back in the woodshed. I'd love to start working on my own music again, which I haven't done in forever. 
So, uh, and I'd love to, uh, you know, um, what's I'm drawing a blank here. I'd love to work with other musicians, other bass players, uh, you know, on music. And, um, you know, hopefully this year it'll, it'll keep evolving and I'm going to make time for that. So um, that was a little background on me and a little background on the bass hang. So fast forward to now, basically for the past two years, the bass hang has been going to NAMM as media because they like the coverage that I do. They like the, um, the amount of people that I reach and the bass hang reaches. So this year it was great. I had, uh, I had a great crew with me. I had Doug Keppen, Brad Forbes, Michael D really helping me out and, uh, you know, posting stuff on social media, bass hang social media, all the right tags and all that. So, uh, it was awesome. And I, I really enjoyed, um, you know, hanging with the companies, uh, with certain companies that have really helped me. And I did a lot of videos, uh, for them, for Nam, <laughs> with a lot of those companies, so you can find those on thebasehang.com. Um, so yeah, so this is the first podcast, and I, like I said, I just kind of wanted to give uh, everybody a a beef, brief, a beef, beef background, <laughs> a brief background on what the base hang is. And like I said, not sure what it's going to be, but we're going to move forward, and I'm excited. Um, 2015 is going to bring a lot, and I, I hopefully, I'm going to be going to nam uh summer nam in nashville so that'll be great so i really want to bring new equipment new gear new ways of recording getting good recordings out to the public um you know i'm going to bring that to you i'm also excited i'm getting some new microphone equipment for my video cameras um and they're actually wireless so the wireless receiver will be on the camera itself and I'll have different microphones that will transmit. So either like a handheld, a lavalier, or a mic that can actually mic a cabinet. So that'll be exciting because that way, um, and, and I don't think that they're that expensive. I'll, I'll give everybody a little more detail. I'll do a video on it. But that way, if you have a, a video camera and always have to replace the audio, with let's say uh, what I'm recording on right now, like a little Zoom H4n, or if you have to record into Logic, you know, and then you have to replace audio, it's just, excuse me, it's just another step, and this will definitely eliminate that step. And the other thing too is, even if you have a good shotgun mic, which I do, which acts as a great room mic, for interviews, like let's say NAM, where it's just super noisy, this way you have a camera, and you have a lavalier that's wireless, and your camera guy can be, you know, 5, 10, 15 feet away from your subject or you doing the interview and the audio is going to sound pristine and awesome. So that's exciting. Um, again, so yeah, the Bass Hang's first podcast and I hope you guys dig it and I will keep bringing them. Go to thebasshang.com. Also sign up for the Bass Hang's uh, email list and uh, here are some guests. Hey guys, this is Steve Arajo. Whoa, I think somebody. I think the person I'm going to talk to right now is going to get pulled over. I don't know. Hey guys, this is Steve Arajo with the Bass Hang, and I'm talking to Howard Olgate of Olgate Instruments. Yes, you are. You are speaking on the line. Speaking, Howard Olgate. On the line. Uh, is that you getting pulled over? No, actually, no. It's somebody else. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad. Well, hey, yeah. buddy. So um, I know you know Nam just ended. How was first of all? How was your Nam experience? It's always crazy, but how was it? Nam experience was good. You know, I, I went on Thursday, which is for me the least crowded day, and I was able to get around and see a lot of a lot of companies. You know, for parts, I'm always, you know, on the hunt for new and interesting parts. You know, like bridges, tuners. What did you see? Retainers. Yeah. Did um, anything uh, pique your interest? Uh, there's a company that's always downstairs. They're called Advanced Plating. Okay. Uh, they, make, they make a lot of parts for Gibson, and they had some really interesting bridges. Uh, actually, guitar versus for like Telecasters and things like that, um, that, that, I, that I thought were really cool and really interesting. Nice. Um, now, um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's it. That's all. So, um, if you could just real briefly, like, kind of like, and what are you doing now? Like, I know the people that are listening or that are familiar with the bass hang know that you're doing bass pickups and you've done them and you've done some for me and a lot of people and they kill they're amazing um 
what are you what what's your main thing now what are you really working on well right now i'm working on a um as far as base equipment goes i'm, I'm working on a split coil hump canceling single coil style pickup hmm. you know two coils two coils under one cover okay that would, would kind of do the work of like a p-base pickup okay so it's hump canceling but i want it to be a little bit more jazz bass sounding okay um, you know, it's almost kind of like, I, you know, I, I made a pickup for you yes. under that chrome cover. For the, you see. the Music Master, the little uh, short-scale Music Master. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It's, it's something like that, but this these will fit under um, what's called like an EMG dual-coil style cover. Okay. It's uh, one and a half inches by three and a half inches for four-string, uh, four inches for five-string, and four and a half inches for six-string bass. And um, basically, like a direct replacement for those pickups for certain bases. Yes, it'd be a dropping replacement. Okay, cool. Now, I know, and and then otherwise, other pickups. I mean, you're doing a lot of guitar pickups now too, right? Oh yes, a lot of humbuckers. Okay. Um, I, I get a lot of guys wanting kind of a, you know, vintage Gibson PAF kind of sound from their guitars. So, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, trying to you know wind up those those kind of humbuckers that have a lot of nice bright overtones to them as opposed to the newer sounding dark pickups okay these companies seem to be keep putting out these they make these humbuckers with high output they're just so dark sounding wow you know okay so and and you're able to to get them to sound nice and bright with your technique and your your winding experience yes okay yes yes nice um and then the other thing i want to do i want to talk kind of tech tech talk we had a a a talk about series parallel, which always confused the heck out of me. Can you kind of briefly explain the difference between series and parallel and, and wiring up a base or base pickups in series as opposed to parallel? Well, uh, series and parallel, uh, you know, has to do with the way you hook up pickups. Okay. Uh, now, in, like, like, let's say in a Fender Jazz bass, you have two pickups. And there's a volume dedicated for each pickup. Mm -hmm. When you have both of those pickups on, full on, those pickups are, are basically wired in parallel because there's a hot, there's a basically a, a hot lead and a ground coming from each pickup. Okay. The ground from each pickup is both connected to ground. Mm -hmm. And then the hot from each lead is connected to hot. So they're, they're in par parallel. Okay. Right? Or think of it as in a picture they're next to each other. So it's a big it's a big humbucker. Parallel is a humbucker. Two single coil. It's you could it's, look at that. It's, it's not humbucker in the in the sense where they talk about like a Gibson PAF. Okay. Um, those are that would that would be done in series. Okay. It is it is hum canceling. Hum canceling. And, and Got it. When you have in those middle positions, but sound wise, it's going to be more of a single coil sound. Okay. Whereas. Whereas series, mm -hmm. you have you have two pickups. Okay. You know, and, and, and you can apply this to hum, a humbucker. You know, when you look at like a, a Gibson PAF, there's two two coils. Okay. Both you can you can think of those each as an individual pickup. You know, j you know, jammed under under one cover. Okay. But any, anyways, with with the, with those two coils, you have a hot mm -hmm. and a ground, and on the other coil, you have a hot and a ground. So when you hook those up in series. You take your first coil ground and you put that to ground. Okay. And then you have a hot lead from the first coil. You connect that to the ground of the next coil. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And then, and then you have a hot from the second coil, and that goes to your hot. That that's your basically your signal output. That's 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 series. Okay. They're wired, they're wired in a line. They're wired in a line as okay. So. When you're speaking just sonically, like a sonic example, what's the easiest way to, like a comparison for, like like me, like a lot of that stuff, the tech stuff just goes way over my head. I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? It really does. I'm like, what? Ah, I don't know, wiring, you know, because obviously I haven't done it enough and you, you know, you do it all the time, so it's almost second nature, but just, let's say, compare it to a sound. Like, parallel, we said, is... It's not hum or it's hum cancel, but it's like having those two pickups of a jazz bass on. That's parallel, yes. and then series would be a humbucker, like a dual coil, like you know, like a Federa dual coil, like a Federa dual coil. Okay, okay. You know those Seaboard, they put those Seaboard and dual coils in there. Okay. Those are and those usually wired. I mean, of course, you can have 
know, uh-huh. uh, that's just, you know, whatever flavor you like. So is it, so, would it be for me, for, you know, in layman's terms, in lame man's terms, for me, um, <laughs> would it be a parallel would be a dual coil and then series would be a single coil or other way around? Well, parallel and series would only, you only really would apply that to a dual coil pickup. Okay, but sound wise, like, how would you? Sound wise, mm-hmm. parallel is going to be more single coil okay. sounding. Parallel will be more single coil sounding, okay. And and uh, in series, mm-hmm. you're going to get a little hotter. You get a little bit of hotter output, more output. Okay. And it's going to be more mid rangey. Okay. Less high end and not so much low end. Okay. So maybe so a little smoother, maybe like like a humbucker, like a dual coil, maybe. I mean, yeah. so okay, so that's. Like I really like like when I make a fretless bass. Uh huh. I like it's a dual coil. In series because it seems to kind of bring out that, that kind of nice fretless mid rangey okay uh, sound okay it cool seems to work pretty well okay uh, you know whereas whereas like if you want a, like a nice good flat flat sound a la Marcus Spiller yeah uh, uh, you would kind of want a more single coil sound mm-hmm. so, so parallel okay of, of course the best single coil sound is going to be a single coil pickup <laughs> yeah I mean there's there's really no around it yeah Sing, it's yeah the best thing. obviously single coil is gonna sound like a single coil but that that kind of you know it it makes the mystery a little bit easier to to handle for me at least because that i don't know that when it gets into that deep technical stuff i'm i'm just kind of a, a dumbass when it comes to that i just i play something i know what i like when i play it and i know what i don't like when i play it you know so in the end that's all in the end that's all that matters and that's all that should matter to you yeah you know, you pick up a bass and you look at it and you think maybe maybe I'd like this. Then you pick it up and play it. <laughs> if, if, if it speaks to you, like oh, I don't know what this is, but I love it. Yeah. You know, and then and, and and then as you play more and more instruments, you might find commonalities amongst those instruments. Like yeah. oh, I like I do like dual coils in series, or I like a rosewood neck, but I like parallel single coil dual overdrive (laughs) something like that yeah well i'm gonna be getting my hands on uh one of the gnls that has you know the the their traditional preamp so that'll be interesting and i'll really be able to experiment because those big humbuckers they have you know the series and parallel switches so that'll be kind of interesting and maybe i'll get a little better grasp on that and i'll report at the next podcast or something you know but um Maybe having it in my hands and really listening to it and having this, you know, one bass do both might, yeah. I don't know, dispel some myths in my ears and feels and, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> well, if, if, if anything, it'll, it, it, it would, uh, like having that switch available on that bass, mm-hmm. you, you'll be able to put, you know, a descriptive turn to what True. it is that you like. Yeah, and, and I guess that's what I'm fishing for, so, you know. Um, hey, on, on another note, how about uh, personal gigs for Howard Olyates? What are you doing gig-wise, playing-wise? Uh, gig-wise, i got a couple gigs coming up with the Joshua Tree Tribute Band. Okay. Um, uh, we're going down to Mexico, I think, in a month. Nice. We do, we, do a lot, we do a lot of shows in Tijuana, Mexico City, Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Wow. A lot of fun down there. That's um, cool. People go. And it's amazing, Steve. People go. They get dressed up. They stay out all night. <laughs> I mean, it's a real good time. People, the people down there seem to really uh, gravitate to it. Appreciate live music. Nice. And and what uh, what gear are you using mainly on these gigs? Um, mainly I I use whatever amp they supply me. Okay. I can't travel with an amp. Oh, that's true. And, okay. And I I just usually would just bring a P bass. Oh, nice. I have a I have a, I know being a bass builder in this space sounds weird. I build bass, but it's awesome. I have a, I have a Nordstrand key bass that I just love. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I take that. I'll take that with me a lot. Nice. Probably the bass I use the most. Okay. Um, and then I do have a couple of different Telecaster bases that I make for myself. Cool. Um, that I like. So you know, and so it's just actually like whatever I'm feeling or mm-hmm. like whatever at the top of the top of the lineup. You know, oh, I'm gonna take this key bass. Taking the North Strand, okay. Yeah, it's great. You know, that's awesome. Now, I and and I, I gotta have to thank you so much for the that new acquisition of mine, that seventy three jazz bass. You, uh, 
it had that dead uh, bridge pickup, which I always forget what it had. What was the the thing that it had that it didn't work? Why didn't it work? Well, the term is called interpole corrosion. Damn it, that's the word. I always forget interpole yeah. corrosion, and I for the life of me, I need to write it down so I can remember. So interpole corrosion. Yes. And, okay. And what that is is, um, you know, the, the, the magnets, the, you know, that the wires wrapped around. Those are called pole pieces. Okay. And just over years, years mm -hmm. of playing, and you know, you sweat. Your sweat can get on those pole pieces. Yeah. Sweat leak down inside of the pickup in, in between the actual magnet wire and the magnets and the pole pieces. Mm -hmm. And it could rust and corrode over time. And that's what it and, did. And exactly that. And it can corrode the actual uh, coating that's on the magnet wire. Okay. And that will cause that to bridge. Nice. Well, yeah, and then... It sounds terrible, but you, got, you just have to rewind it. Yeah, no, you did a, a beautiful job, and I, I loved the before and after pictures, because you kept all the flat work and the bobbins, so they're it's original, except for new, awesome wiring, right? New wire, and I was and I did have the original style, yeah. you know, AWG-42 plain enamel, black, which dark, like dark brown, mm -hmm. from far away it puts black, it's dark, dark. Wire. Wow. So it looks like other pickup. It's you know. yeah, and and it that base just you know it just uh, you did a great job on it, and I want to thank you. And I wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have trusted that job with just anybody. So definitely um, <laughs> above and beyond. So hey, okay, so to to wrap it up, man, I I do thank you for taking the time and doing this little podcast thing. I I definitely for the next one we'll talk again. We'll do some more tech talking. Maybe maybe it'll be a a good. Um, a good, uh, you know, part of the show where you dispel some technical myths and, and, you know, in lame man's terms so that I can understand it. So that would be awesome. So where can they find you on, on the line? Where can they find you? Well, I have a website called com. Okay. Now I, I have to warn you, it hasn't been updated in a while. So if, if you really have any questions, you can always email me from that website. There you go. Um, Cool.
doing Blue Man on and off for years. And now that's the the Blue and Man, the Blue Man group, the big stage show. You're part of the show. Big and... stage show, Blue Man group, right? And all those guys and uh, the, the cool percussion, and it's it's a it's a great gig. Wow, nice. Uh, so you know that's that's the staple. And I also got like a little fusion project called Red Zen Project, actually. What is it? Uh, What's it called? What is, Red Zen. Red Zen Project. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or technically Red Zen Project, actually. Okay. Which was tagging the word project on the end of it was Joe D'Elia's idea. Is um, Joe D'Elia on guitar and Evan Janoulis on drums. Okay. Evan, he's a like long-term music teacher out here. He's young, but he's uh, been teaching since his teens. And, okay. And he's a, he's a staple guy out here. And Joe, Joe's worked uh, with some of the guys that were in the band Boston. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, this is a trio that we've been kind of slowly recording and getting our stuff out there, and hopefully we'll see where it goes. And uh, right now we're, we'll be shopping it to a select few labels this spring. We're nice. dealing with some. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. You know, kind of doing the old school method. We're actually going to go to a label, actually, a select labels that are willing to work with us. We're in no rush, but... Um, cool. You know, I debuted some of the material for backing tracks at now. Okay. Um, now, is there any place that you know people can listen to this stuff yet, or is it on a website or anything? A couple of them can. A couple of the MP3s can be downloaded right now. Okay. They're not mastered, but they're you know they're free download. Oh, cool. And it's at uh, basswave.com. B a s s w a v e dot com. Basswave.com. Okay. <laughs> Bittyslave.com will actually redirect to my Reverb Nation. Okay. And I set it up, you know, until we start shopping, there's going to be a few uh, MP3s there that are absolutely at people's disposal. Grab it, play it, share it. That's awesome. Rate it, tell me you love it, tell me you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, well, they're, they're there now. That's very cool. And then how about um, a website, a personal website? Do you have something? Right now, that's, you know, for now, I'm... I'm Basewave.com was my personal website. Okay. And then I kind of took it down because I was so knee deep in the theater scene, and now I'm going to be rebuilding it. Okay. But right for now, it's just redirected to my Reverb Nation. <clears throat> Great. Well, we will definitely, like I said, this is this is podcast one, but man, you and I just, like I said, we have a, a great rapport, and I, you know, we have an affinity for a couple of things. And the, the this next thing I want to talk about, you being just. You're playing all the time. You're gigging all the time. You're set doing sessions. Di's man. Di's. Di's. I love them. I know oh that. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I know that you love them. And you're touching a dwarf's heart, dude. Me too. <laughs> no, seriously, me too, man. Anything from like little tiny pedal to like, you know, channel strip di. I mean, I, I don't. So, what are you using now? And what have you, you know, what are you using? What's what? What's your what's your go to? What's your go to di? So it's kind of funny because I have separate DIs I use for live. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I do too. Sounds the same. Compared to studio. Yeah. Okay. And depending, obviously, with what sound you want too. There's there's a lot of them. Yeah, there there there, there are definitely a lot of them. I almost will almost always. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a time where I will not use the A designs ready. Amen, brother. Studio, dude. There's something magic in that red box i yeah i love it which is funny because <laughs> i'm not a uh, ampeg fan I, per se um yeah you i i think you and i both like i like quick fast fast response because when i play i want what i play to be to react boom there it is and right i'm a frustrated drummer at heart i like when you yeah you know i want it to come out yeah no lag, no lag. Yeah, and and sometimes you know, like like you were saying, the Ampeg thing and the Tubi thing is a little, it's a little too spongy for me. And the A Designs Ready, kind of, it, it's tube and it emulates that Ampeg thing, but is so quick and fast. It kind of, it dispels that myth. I don't know. It just it works opposite than what my brain thinks it would work like. You know, it, to me, it takes a DI signal mm -hmm. that kind of a, I don't want to say like a typical or like a lifeless DI signal mm -hmm. and makes it bigger. It yeah. makes it bigger. Yeah. And it has a color, you know, it's not a flat DI, no. which leads me to something else, but it's not a flat DI, 
but I like the color that it is. It's like, okay, I really like that blue, that blue <laughs> sky over there. Yeah. That, well, that blue sky's fun, you know, and, and that's how I look at it. It's, it's really, it's just a, a very, very musical color, but yet it's not slow in any capacity. Yeah, I, 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 when I think of another DI that emulates the Ampeg thing is the Sans Amp bass driver, and I'm not, and I've had a couple of them, I'm not a fan because it's just too squishy and it, it just it's very slow responsive. Even though people love it, I don't want to diss any of it. Like I said, I've had a few of them. It works for some things, but it just didn't connect with you, Steve. And it's funny because I have the same <laughs> disc. Yeah. I wanted to love the pedal. I yeah. really wanted to love it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, guys, talk about this. Is there magic here? Yeah. Is this what's going on? And it's not, it, it couldn't cut it for me. Yeah, it was, it, it was, it. it was a little too slow, but it does what it does well. It's just not my bag. <laughs> the amp, the, 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 exactly. you know, the exactly. Sans amp. Where, I, I couldn't connect with it. Yeah, where, where the A Designs Ready is just a, uh, a musical, it's just killing, just killing. So do you ever, do you use the Ready um, live ever? You know, I have for some thick punk stuff, mm -hmm. but it just, I found that uh, even though it worked and it worked great, yeah. I almost felt like I was cheating. And I, I really want to go to a very live, I want a real clean, mm -hmm. transparent DI and okay. then control it. I like telling the house, here's what I'm about. Yeah, I hear you. Instead of... Yeah. You know, so, and I'd rather do that. So for me, mm -hmm. I made a real recent change. I have hundreds and hundreds of gigs, actually, yeah. on the radio JDB. Dude. Which they stopped making, which I can't believe. I don't know why. They've got a new form of it, I guess. So hopefully it'll be just as good. But wow. that they big blue yeah. box is no longer in production. They stopped. See, I wasn't aware of that. The J they stopped making it. Wow. That's a drag. You know, I think it, hmm. some players were turned off because it's very big. It's mm -hmm. got a big wall wart. Hmm. A wall wart is not exactly the most stable. It's got its own little weird connection, connection okay. on it that, so it doesn't kind of come out. Okay. Um, I've had issues with it. If there was one interesting complaint I would have to um, the radio guys, is, mm -hmm. you know, really should have made the connection. Oh, able. Even if it was just like a pure AC power cord that you plug, yep, that yeah. would have been better. It's kind of like this, mm -hmm. you know, reminds me of like an old early 90s computer, oh, man. you know, laptop. Got yeah. So. so, oh man. Well, but, maybe in the update, maybe with the new one, they address that. We'll see. I Who looked knows? at it briefly at NAM, and I didn't get a chance to really get really into it. And okay. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Nothing like it. But I will say this, mm -hmm. based on my opinion, it is there is not a cleaner yeah. DI on the market. Okay. We'll have to look at that, and I'll have to, I'll have to check those out. Because I, I do play at some places that uses the, the radio. Now, what's the green one? Is that the JDI? The JDI is kind of a cool, it reminds me of the 70s one. The, the, the JDI, mm -hmm. it definitely has, I'm actually, I've got one in my hand right now. Actually, oh, I'm nice. holding it. That's the, um, the, the passive one. Okay. Up. It, it definitely has that saturation. Interesting. Passive cool. sound, like that 70s transistor sound. Okay. Where the JDB is. What you put in is what you get out. And when you think of the JDB, mm -hmm. think of like, um, you know, Marcus Miller Tales record. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, that sound. Got it. Um, that's, that's what you're hearing at the JDP. That's okay. All right. I'll have to, I'll have to check those out. I don't have any, I don't have any radial stuff, but, um, per your recommendation, it sounds like a good one to, to kind of get. Or even oh find. my God. Yeah. yeah. It is really good. And it was really great. I've only replaced it recently and, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm going on. No, it's fine. Too long about this. No, no, um, no. Uh, you know, there's a, there's an addition that I really like that I changed that lives on my board now. It's again very very clean. Okay. Um, is the bass wick. Oh, really? Now who and who makes that? Um, this company, uh, RMI Bass Wick. You know, I, I hope. What's that? Uh, I think it's Leo 
L-E-H-I-L-E. I could be spelling it even wrong. I don't have it in front of me. Okay, but it's the... I go over to my travel board here and take it out and pull it out and take a look. But it's a base witch. Base witch? Yeah, base witch. B-A-S-S-W-I-T-C-H. Okay, all right. And they're distributed by Daily B Goods. Cool. And they're really, really good. So that's, you know, this is what a lot of people were calling it the... They didn't want to refer to it as a Swiss Army knife or base, but, but it's got a boost function. It's mm-hmm. got obviously mute. It's a dual channel. Okay. And um, it's got a, a preamp in it, a six-band preamp that will actually huh. work. It will power power. That is cool. Okay. So it will. It has enough gain to to power a power amp. That's so, a preamp. Yeah, all the base switch pedals. Actually, nice. have enough gain to do it, and it has a mix. Actually, has a line level mix in it too. Wow! So I don't really use all the functions of it. I use the, you know, I use the uh, boost function just okay. a little bit for a few dB. Okay. For boost, um, there's a, you know an AB switch if you want to switch between different levels and uh-huh. up different you know, two different channels. Okay. It actually has a mixed loop and a serial loop. Mm-hmm. I I love it and the tune around. It is incredible. Wow. Cool. And it's really like the only one on the market. It, it, there's a bass bone that does something similar. Oh, yeah. But yeah. It's, this has more features. Interesting. Okay. And I, the DI is significantly cleaner. Cool. Okay. So you hit on something that I see or I saw and, and I kind of wanted, but I kind of saw a little trend at NAM that these DIs that are coming out now are having enough gain to push power amps so that you can actually use these DIs as preamps in your rig. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just see that happening more and more, and I like it a lot. I saw this. Uh, you know what? I don't want to say, oh, look, I saw this coming, but yeah, I but... saw this coming, actually. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, which some guys say it's going backwards, but I honestly think with the advancement of electronic drums mm-hmm. and... You know the Jam Hub, which you know, they're, you know, Massachusetts company, and okay. basically, you know, you can spend three, four hundred dollars, and you know, you can all plug into it, and everyone yeah. has their own. You know, it's like having a, everyone having their own mix control, basically. Yeah. You know, I want to turn down the guitar because they're always loud. <laughs> exactly, know? exactly. Uh, I, I think it's a great, great. I work with a lot of singer songwriters, mm-hmm. and for that, it's just an absolute tool. So many musicians I know have them. Mm-hmm. So the newer ones have all sorts of uh, effects built into them, mm-hmm. and they have some basic recording capabilities. Yeah, uh, it, I think they're fantastic. I've done lots of rehearsals, with it, and that's what led me to the bass switch. So I can go nice, bring the board, bring a bag, one inch bass in it, uh-huh. plug in, and I have a complete array of sound control of my own EQ, mm-hmm. studio quality level DI right out to the board, and yeah. then everyone can hear me the way that I want to. I got to check that out, man. And then on, on another note with the A designs, the Black Ready is coming out that's going to be able to push a power amp. That's awesome. That is incredible, and that's on my short <laughs> list, and I'd like to Peter and get one. Yeah, me, me too. <laughs> I, I know. I want to check that out. Well, and then... Um, the KGB, the little three band little preamp is pretty nice too. And if we were, dude, if we were neighbors, I would be giving you this stuff, but maybe I'll ship it out to you to try it and you should try it on some gigs, man. I need to, I need to just, I need to send you, you some, it? what's that? Have you gigged that, that preamp yet? Oh yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's amazing. It's quick cinemag. So it's just super fast. It has that iron sound, but it's warm. Um, yeah, it, it's rad. It's a, it's a little killing DI box with EQ. It's dumb, and it's a preamp too. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's really, really, really nice. I like it a lot. I, yeah, it's like having a little channel strip in a box, you know. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's more. You know, I sort of like the clean, articulate players. The, yeah. the channel strip type DI. Yeah. You know, mark my words, you know what you're going to see in improved, and I see for like 2016 for NAM. What's that? You're going to see guys with, this is, this is going to be better compressors. 
You're going to see guys with better compressors. Oh, the, yeah. I think the next trend is how do we improve yeah. this tool for bass players specifically? Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, the I forget his name, but the guy that was doing the Electrodyne stuff at A Designs, I mean, dude, have a little 500 series with like a Pultec EQ, you know, uh, a preamp is like a little Pacifica. And then, I mean, right there, you've got your killing compressor, you know, so or or your Pultec or whatever, you know, I mean, the A Designs, I think the guy, the Electrodyne, I, I forget the name of him. There's, you know, the description of climbing, mm -hmm. it just sounds unbelievable yeah Un just unbelievable yeah how, how you can control it yeah it's pretty crazy so and then last but not least man i know i know you've got a lot of stuff to do but i want to talk about 70s jazz basses you and i share the love and the magnetism that they just seem to they seem to come to us huh like in all forms yeah this is a little that never never gone away i'll tell you a little little story for me but okay Back when I was young, uh, take lessons, the, uh, my bass teacher had 73 heavy, yeah. you know, the very typical ash yeah. jazz yeah. block inlays. Uh -huh. Man, it just sounded like a beast going direct through the board. And I'm like, wow. That's... And, you know, all these years later, it's, it's still... Uh, no more. <laughs> oh, dude, I know. Well, I just got that. I just got the first girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the it's definitely like the first girlfriend. I just got this uh, seventy three jazz bass, and what you just said, it's bound neck rosewood fretboard, the blocks, but it's a light light ash body, four bolt neck. So you know, pre pre uh, you know tilt tilty world three bolt neck kind of thing, and it's um it's it's a badass bass. So you man. must have a late. 73 then right uh, yeah probably 74. probably yeah because it's it's lighter man or who knows maybe it was earlier you know rather i who knows man i'm not really sure but i think it's... the four block i think the four bolt came in late in 73 i thought it was like a 74 thing so it might be a late 73 but you know uh, well they you knows, know, I, I believe it well they switched to the three in i'm um, I have the book, but like 74, 75, like Marcus Miller's has the three bolt neck, the three. Okay. So that was the switch. Okay. Yep. Okay. So yeah, that was so it. maybe that was it. You got in before the switch. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and you're, and it sounds like your teacher probably did too. Cause 73 was usually all like four bolt, you know, and they were I, you know, like, it was just a huge monster yeah. sound. Like yeah. Monster. Yeah. It's just killer. And it's, I don't know, man. It's just one of those things that, you know, they moved that, that back pickup a little bit and it just, it just changed it and has this uniqueness to it. And not all of them are great. You know, not all of them, not all seventies. No, so. I've seen a lot of dogs. I, I've Me too. seen a lot of dogs. And, yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think it's, you know, I've tried to quantify it and I think it's just a, really like a hodgepodge of everything. I think because yours, I'm assuming, has the slightly baseball bat neck. Slightly, slightly C-shaped, but still super comfortable. Like, really easy, easily played. I mean, it's it's a good yeah, 73. They, they, I got lucky. I got lucky. You sounds like you did. I think the bigger neck, mm -hmm. the northern ash, yeah. and that moving the pickup, and, of course, the water that they used. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just obviously made, made a difference. You know, I had this talk with Kerry Nordstrand, uh, uh -huh. who you know we're both very familiar with. And, yeah. You know, Kerry was explaining that it really it's not that these pickups are brighter; mm -hmm. it's because they don't have as much lower mid as the '60s pickups. Yeah. So, which makes them appear to be mm -hmm. brighter, they're actually in reality kind of more even sound. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, I just yeah. If I have to do like an uber funk four string session. <laughs> I don't own a 70s jazz okay. right now, but I built them. I built nice. Nice. Stack, you know. Yeah. And... Well, dude, like I said, man, you ever need and you're ever out here, you're more than welcome. Use oh, mine. I'm going to, I'm going to take Gabe on and do fish tacos somewhere. <laughs> oh, dude, absolutely, man. All right, dude. Well, listen, I will not take any more time. I know you got family and stuff, um, but this is the first podcast for the bass hang, but I want to have you as a regular Remember, just you know, a regular featured guy on it because I I, I really want this to be. I, I want to talk to players. I want to talk to builders. Especially, you're out there all the time. You're gigging. You know, you're you're in the trenches. So that's 
that's what I want this to be. I want it to be the real working people out there. So. Oh, it's me rebuilding my pedal board tonight. Dude, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> go the next routine for the next four days, five days. Oh, man, that's yeah. awesome. That's why I'm like, oh, look, I got this in my hand right now. Oh, wait, I got this over here. Let me grab this. Oh, that's... You know, that's what I'm going to be doing, you know, the next couple hours. And then yeah, uh, writing. You and know, then writing. Writing cool. as much as I can. And then I'll be writing all night. Well, after I read to the girls, and then, then exactly. I'll be writing all night. <laughs> exactly. Well, listen, uh, again, they can find, uh, so Tony Paleo, you know, Google him, look him up. They can find you on ReverbNation.com. ReverbNation. So if you go to Facewave, B-A-S-S-W-A-B-E.com, you go to my ReverbNation page, and okay. you can email me. You'll see me this, you know, pretty much, you can reach me in any which way you want to through there. There'll be a new page up probably by the summer, but you know I'm gonna make sure that it's not done by me. That it's gonna be done through correct channels and so forth. Cool. Yeah. And and the band again? The... Uh, Red Zen Project. Um, Red Zen Project. There's really no no page. Okay. Or anything for that right yet? I know it's really we're waiting to we're gonna do a more of a push when we go back in the studio in cool. March and we start shopping and then when we do that then we're gonna do. A big formal push. Awesome, but in, in the meantime, they can look for Red Zen Project and uh, just Google Red it. Red Zen Project, you can hear some of this stuff right through through me. If you go to cool. you can you can hear tracks, and then I'll be loading up another track within the next um, the next couple of days. There you go. All right, listeners. Well, Tony, thank you again for taking the time, and we will talk to you soon, my brother. We'll talk soon. Steve, you're the best. Thanks so much, bro. All right, take care, brother. everyone i want to thank you for tuning in to the bass hangs first podcast ever podcast number one um and uh, i really want to thank my guests for taking the time out tony paleo and howard olyate uh we were talking gear and geeking out um they will definitely be back and i will have more guests on the next podcast uh if you have any questions uh, for me, you can reach uh, me at steve at thebasshang.com, and I will try to answer any questions or if you have any requests for uh, people or anything to be on the podcast, um, I'm totally open to any suggestions. So um, I hope the audio is good. I'm still experimenting, so uh, hopefully uh, you'll be able to hear everything. Uh, I may work on a better way of you know recording phone conversations, my phone conversations with the guests. But, uh, you know, I hope you guys enjoy it. And until the next time, Steve Araujo and the Bass Hang signing off. Go to thebasshang.com to keep up on all the Bass Hang stuff. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. So uh, thanks again, guys. Take care. Till the next time. Thank you.